Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Let me tell you right now that there is no such thing as a perfect church. In one way or another, the pastor will fail you, the staff will fail you, and the church members will fail you too. Churches are filled with broken sinners who need the grace of God, just like you and me. Today, Pastor Jim teaches you that if you're part of a church, you will encounter conflicts and disagreements. However, he urges you to avoid getting involved in every little disagreement and to focus on the greater mission of building God's kingdom. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Making of the Lord's Servant. Flee youthful lusts. Some versions say passions, some say evil desires, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, same words he used in 1 Timothy 6.11, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, I think that's much better than just saying you should hang out with other people who believe, right? Much better. He's saying, he's saying you, should, you should be hanging out with people who are pursuing, actively pursuing righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on God with a pure heart. If you have your own Bible, I would invite you to take this verse and, and, and circle two words, flee and pursue. Flee and pursue. That will guide you into the reading of the next few verses. And so he starts with, with, a, with a, if you will, a strategy that we've talked about before that's easy to miss, consistent with his teaching of many, in many places in the New Testament. Basically, the Apostle Paul is going to remind Timothy and anybody who would be reading this letter, that would be us, okay, of the kind of person that God wants you and I to be morally, in other words, we don't want to be the people who just, okay, Jesus dies for our sins, and then we don't do anything with that. There's something we do with that as, as the Lord is sanctifying us and we're growing more like, to be more like Jesus. So we often talk about the Apostle Paul's method of putting off and putting on. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a way to live. Basically, stop doing this, and start doing this. Stop, just don't stop one thing, but start something else. Ephesians chapter four, verse 28, he tells these same Ephesians, let him who stole, some versions say, if, hey, if you're a thief, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, some versions say do honest work, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who has him who has need. So what does he say? Put off stealing. Stop being a crook. Stop ripping people off, okay? And get out there and start working with your hands. Start doing something productive. Stealing, you're just stealing off of other people's productivity. Get out there and start with your own productivity and then don't just, just do that. Go even a step further. Find someone who's in need and give them something 
that you have earned on your own to them, and you will actually begin to experience the grace of God working in and through you, okay? So, so you have, you have you've stopped stealing. God's grace is helping you to stop stealing. Then you're working. God's grace is helping you to work. But then you're actually, right, the grace of God is actually coming through you into others. You're not the cul-de-sac of grace. You're not the dead end of grace. You're a throughway, right? We, we often say that, that we are not, you know, a warehouse of grace, we're distributors. It doesn't sit there, right? And so we are to give it out. Now you say, okay, where, where, is that, where is that put off and put on here? Well, some of you just circled it in your Bible. Flee and pursue. That's what he says here. Flee, it's, it's a continuous word, continuously flee, then pursue, so if you're if you're if you're if you're fleeing wickedness, what are you doing? You're turning from wickedness and you're beginning to what? Cleanse yourself. You're beginning to cleanse yourself from living that way. In other words, he's saying to us, and this is something we've always got to get, okay? That that because of what God has done in us, if we're followers of Jesus, if we're not, if you're not, we're glad you're here. If you're watching online somewhere else in the building, listening on the radio, we're glad you're listening. This is very important to understand. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you become a new creation in Christ, the grace of God is operative in you. Okay? So you have changed directions. You were once following sin and its desires and yourself. And now you've turned to God, you've put your trust in Jesus, and you seek to follow Jesus, but you are not passive. You're not passive. I mean, there's a lot of Christians are out in the parking lot looking up. What are you doing? I'm waiting for Jesus to return. Well, just get busy, dude. Get busy. Get doing something. You, you want to come, you you come back and have, be in the parking lot like, yeah, oh, here he comes. Wow. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be about the things of God. So what is he saying here? Here he's saying this. Flee the desire to sin and put your pedal to the metal on righteousness. That's what he's saying. So he classifies these desires as youthful and and the word flee tells us Get out while you can. Run. Run. In our thinking, I think the word lust kind of throws us off. In the context of it all, in this entire chapter, it is, it, it is, the, it is the foolish faith discussions of the false teachers and the false leaders. So, so why, would, why would the Apostle Paul be telling Timothy... Now, this is really important if you're a pastor, trust me, I know this. But why would the Apostle Paul be telling Timothy and all of us to flee this stuff? Because basically he's saying, Timothy, do you see what happens when you chase this stuff down? When you're chasing down all the silliness, are you on mission? No, no. The other guy's using the silliness to get you off the mission, now you say, well, how do I know what to chase and what not to chase? Well, that's why you gotta be in tune with God and the spirit of God. 
And so she, she says, Timothy, if you chase that stuff, you are just wasting time. You're just wasting time. You might as well be out in the parking lot with the people looking up. So it's a complete waste of time. So as this chapter closes, it seems the apostle is warning Timothy about the temptation to argue, the temptation to be unkind, and the temptation to be harsh. And so the Apostle Paul's counsel is flee that thinking, flee that attitude, and because a lot of people will not do that. And what amazes, you hang around the church long enough, you're amazed why people who are like that all the time wonder why nobody wants to serve with them, right? Oh, here comes Mr. Difficult, great right? <laughs> they wonder, why don't people want to serve with that person? Or, you know, they're, they're like, well, why aren't I a leader yet? And you're like, because you're a pain in the <laughs> beep. <laughs> right? Come on, man. Get with the program. Young leaders especially, or wannabe leaders, are known for their fleshly arrogance, their selfish ambition for not being servants, and for being incredibly stubborn. A lot of them also expect more from others than from themselves, often looking to be served, not to serve. You know, I, listen, I, I'm a pastor. I run with some pastors, man. Uh, some pastors expect people to serve them all the time. It's like, I'm like, What? No, you're the servant of the flock. You're the servant of the flock. Now, are there people around this church that graciously do things for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it helps me do what I got to do. But some guys just expect to be served. Many people who, in churches who want to be leaders, and, and, and Paul's trying to get Timothy to keep his eye out for these guys. That's why it says in the Bible, don't lay hands on a man too quickly. Look for certain things. Many people don't think it's important to be an example. I mean, people notice if you are not in service, trust me. You know, if, if you're a children's teacher and you don't attend service, people are talking to me about that. They are. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, they're like, well, what, what's going on with them? People notice if you're always late. If you're supposed to be at a certain place at a certain time, you're always late. You know? We have a, we have a five-minute countdown before every service. Did you ever notice what happens when we get to zero? We start the service. <laughs> because in American culture... That's pretty, that's an important value for most other cultures. Some of you come from cultures where that's not an important value, but that's an important value in, in American culture. You know, people notice if you're not a servant. People notice if it's all about you. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I just want you to, to understand this, that, that it's not like you're pulling one over on, on you know, like, oh, these people... I'm going to show them how, how spiritual I am. And the, nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying it. We love you. I, I, this, this, I have no animosity really towards anybody in this church. But, but you're not going to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. 
Instead, he says what? Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You see, a lot of people, when they get upset with the church and, and they don't like the church, what do they do? They isolate. They go away from the church. And people say to me, like, you're a pastor of a church? I'm like, yeah. Like, why do, you, why, do you, why do you so involved in the church? I'm like, well, because Jesus died for the church, right? I mean, I mean, how many, we're the bride of Christ, right? If you don't know the, if you don't know the Bible, that doesn't mean you're a chick, okay? Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, what, what are you going to say, Jesus, when you meet him? Like, love you, hate your wife, bro. <laughs> like, if you were a guy and somebody invited you to over to your house, you said, oh, great, let me get my wife. And they go, no, we can't stand her. Don't bring her. Would you go? No. You wouldn't go. Some of you are like, well, maybe I would. What are they serving? Right? No. You wouldn't go. You wouldn't go. That's not, that's not right. So, we, so we, love, we love the bride of Christ, warts and all, right? So, but, but what is he saying? Align yourself with people who are seeking God and align yourself with people who are on the mission of God. Now, will you always agree? No. No, and actually, it's better if you don't always agree. Now, it, it, we always say this. We, we, we disagree a lot behind closed doors, and, but when we go out, we're united. And, and so we, we'll go out the door. We don't have to agree on everything, but when we go out, we're on mission together. We're aligned on the mission of the gospel and the pursuit of God. You say, why is that so important? Because without that, you won't be the end of verse 21, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Because you'll be walking around all bitter. The, the term, he says, that those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, what does that do? That describes the true people of God. That describes people of the word, people of the kingdom, not people of themselves. And, and this this. Counsel is often ignored by many where many people fail to see that peace and purity walk together. They're things that walk together. What's the bottom line? He's saying, Timothy, run from spiritual danger to spiritual good and to the people that can help you, to the people that can help you. And the result is what? Godliness, a visible life of godliness that proceeds from true faith and being aware of evil desires. Now, the troublemakers in Ephesus thought they were that, but they weren't. And, and God doesn't believe they are either, and the deception in their hearts ran very, very deep. So the task in front of Timothy is difficult. Again, it's amazing that, that a guy's about to get his head lopped off, and he's helping a pastor with the trouble in his church. We would be like, Oh, you think you got problems, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he's helping this guy. He's helping this guy. He's saying, let me give you some advice you can take for the long term. The task in front of him is difficult to main, maintain purity in the church where people, and probably a minority of the people, are against you, Timothy. And so he says in verse 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes Another version says, have nothing to do with stupid and senseless controversies. 
knowing that they generate strife. And, and some versions say quarrels. Now, some of you are like, do they really exist in the church? Somewhat, somewhat. Some churches more than others. And this really pains me to say this. It pains me to say this. It's usually young men. Now, you define what young is. You know, I still think I'm young, but I'm kooky, right? But, but that's usually what it is. And, and it's, not, it's not always easy for us to figure out which conflicts to get involved in and which ones to ignore. And that's where you got to be very careful. But I will tell you this, if certain people are always involved in the conflict, if the same names keep coming up over and over and over again, it's obvious they are not leaders. And so there we have to be very careful. We're actually in a season in our church right now where that's like not around. And it almost makes me want to lock the doors. <laughs> but it's all right. I always say if the devil doesn't come to your church, then Jesus probably doesn't either. So, but uh, it's, it's a very, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a good season for that. Uh, when we first started the church the first year, oh my goodness. Like, I couldn't believe the people that were coming in. Like one guy came in dressed as, remember that, remember that uh, Barney the dinosaur? I <laughs> came in dressed like that. I was like, what are you doing, man? And so I was, it was, when you, when you first start a church, you get all kinds of interesting people come out of the woodwork, and then the, the word gets out kind of what you're like, and so that doesn't, you don't get as, you don't get as much of that. But uh, yeah, it was really, that was very, very interesting. I, I had no idea what to expect. And so this is why it's very important to study the Proverbs because it just gives you the profile of the fool. So if you're constantly seeing that, you think, well, I have to be careful of this person. And um, so uh, the Apostle Paul considers these disputes to be a complete waste of time. He's like, Timothy, you gotta learn, again, which ones to engage and which ones to, to walk away from. Now, much of these disputes are grounded in self-promotion, most of them are grounded in self-preservation by people who fail to see the mission of God. So he uses the words foolish and ignorant disputes, which tells us that such people are, are very, very difficult to reason with. And the reason for this is they insist that they're right. You cannot talk to them about, you can't even have a, have a nice conversation with them. Like, you're like, well, tell me what, you, what you're thinking. And it's like, Woof, right? They're just, just crazy. And, and it's interesting, foolish and ignorant disputes, the words actually mean senseless, uninstructed, and undisciplined. Now, probably in the context of, of an apostle writing to a pastor is probably these are people going beyond the word of God. Now, I'm just gonna make a brief comment and I'll, you know, if you want to email me about it, that's fine. Um, many have made the case that politics is destroying the church right now. I don't know, but I can tell you this, it has weakened the faith of many. Many people have deferred to politics and have sort of left Jesus playing second fiddle. And so it's something we want to be really careful with. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, if you pursue foolish and ignorant disputes you will just end up in a round robin of quarrels. Mm -hmm. 
and you will miss the mission of the kingdom. You, I sent you there to fix the problems, not to be part of the problems or not to be the problem. And I used to tell people at the, the first couple of years we were a church here, I used to say, my pastor sent me up here because he was sufficiently convinced that I was more afraid of God than I am of any of you. And let me tell you, it's about a thousand times more now than it was when I started, right? Any, any being afraid of people in the church now, um, it's not because I don't respect people in the church, it's because I'm terrified of God. I love him and I know he loves me and I like keeping it that way, okay? And I know what it's like to be under the hand of his discipline, no thank you, no thank you. If it's the loving discipline that he's just doing in my life because you know, he's, he wants to grow me and mature me, I, I don't, might not like it, but I accept it, right? I got this kooky neurological illness, I've accepted it, I'm ready to rock and roll, right? But if it's because I'm just being stupid, right, I don't want any part of that anymore. I, 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 do, I do not want that. And so he says, you're not to be part of the problem, uh, but yet on the other side of the coin is part of the mission is to protect the flock from the wolves. So it's important to prayerfully pick our battles. Very, very important. Even for those of you who are married or considering getting married, that's good marriage advice, right? Pick your battles. Some things are absolutely not worth it. Not worth it. Now, you look no further than the Gospels for this. You see Jesus constantly engaged in conflict with the troublemaker religious leaders. Why? Because he does not like the misrepresentation of God. He's not down with that at all. So when they misrepresent God, he goes after them. Now, in Ephesus, there seemed to be some people who needed to leave the church so the church could move forward. Again, that may seem really not right to you. You may be like, what do you mean they needed to leave the church so the church could move forward? Sometimes that's the way it goes. And as much as you might like someone, if they're trying to divide the church, then if they don't want to stop doing that, it's better that they leave. Do you ever work with somebody on your job who just makes everything more difficult? They just make everything more difficult. And then... They leave, and you know you're like, can we have a party? <laughs> right? You know, we, we we hate to see you go, but we don't know. You know, I was sometimes I would be I'd have to you know terminate people when I and and I would be like, you know, I don't know how we're gonna inside. I'm going. I don't know how we'll get along without you, but we're dying to find out, right? And because they just make it hard, they just make it difficult, and 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 so. The Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, when there's people who are trying to divide the church, you've got to stay away from them, or, you, or, or they're going to have to leave. And, and at times, the best thing you can do is you don't even give them an audience, because then they'll just get so frustrated with the pastor. Oh, yes, they will go out and talk bad about the pastor. It's whatever, whatever, right? You know, I mean, I, sometimes people go, they meet me at the door and they're like, um, 
they, they go through a list of like eight pastors, and I know like six of them and, and of, 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 of how awful they are. You know, and, and when I was younger, I used to say like, well, I, I hope you find it different here. Now I go, so how long do you think till I'm on that elite list? <laughs> right? It's only a matter of time. If I, if I don't do everything that you want, and I'm not going to do everything that you want. I'm not going to do everything that I want. Right? There's a lot of stuff that I would like to do. I just don't, we just don't do it here. Right? And, and so he's, he's, he's because if, if you give in to people who are trying to divide the church, you will find yourself battling against God like they are. And God hates division. That's why so many of these guys, they just stall out because God, God just, it's like God, they're like, you meet with them and like, I'm frustrated, man. I can't get anything going. I can't get any traction in my life. And it's like, because you're fighting God and he's not going to let that happen. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.